Greetings to you all. Uh, I'd like to start with prayer before I share uh, a message called The Secret to Renewed Praying. Let's pray together. Father, we delight to call you such, our Father. Now lead us in this time by your Spirit. Please open our eyes, open our hearts, and teach us that we may better approach you and seek you. We come only through the blood of your beloved Son, our Savior Jesus. Amen. We've met you night in prayer again to plead with our Father to send an outpouring of his Spirit, a revival in his church and an awakening in the world. Yeah, also, we've been mentioning recently about how we've been realizing the revival needed in our own hearts. And I want to speak to that today by addressing the vital connection between personal revival and our private prayer. As Moses returned from his time with the Lord in Mount Sinai, you remember the effect it had on him. In Exodus 34, verse 29, it reads, the skin of his face shone while he talked with God. That physical light is meant to remind us of the spiritual light that shines out of the life of those who have been in direct contact with God. In J.C. Ryle's little stirring booklet on prayer called Call to Prayer, he, he speaks of believers who have this radiant, uh, this radiant life. And he, he says, there are some of the Lord's people who seem to be always advancing. Though they sometimes faint, yet they are always pursuing. They are ever adding grace to grace and faith to faith and strength to strength. It does one good to see, to be with, and to hear them. When you meet with them, you could believe that, like Moses, they had just come out from the presence of God. And when you part with them, you feel warmed by their company, as if your soul had been near a fire, end quote. Is this not what we're desiring in personal revival? This, this warmth that comes from our contact with the living God. And how much vital contact, though, have we made with God? Even we think about our lives this week, this month. Is the presence of the living God emanating from our lives? Are those around us, are they affected because we've been with Jesus? It's fitting at this point to urge us all to make changes in our habits of prayer. But I believe, I believe the Lord wants to direct our focus on something even more profound and powerful. I don't want to merely show you how to dip your bucket in the clear waters of prayer. I, I feel compelled, as God's been urging me and teaching me this past month, to invite you to the headwaters of the spring of all prayer, to come with me and marvel at its beauty, and to taste a little of its sweetness, that you may be persuaded that every time you pray, come back to the headwaters, come back to the spring. What am I speaking of? What spring of prayer? Well. It's found in Ephesians 2.18. 
a text which summarizes the key to all prayer. Martin Lloyd-Jones mentions this passage as the key to all prayer. And this is what the text says. For through Christ, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. We have access to the Father through the Son by the Spirit. This is the life-giving spring of all renewed prayer. And it's through a realization of the triune God himself, his nature and his present work in relation to our prayers that brings profound power and renewed energy to our praying. The more we realize who God the Father is and his relationship to us as our Father, so good, so wise, so caring, so approachable, so generous, so compassionate, so strong, so honorable. There, from that realization of who God our Father is, there's there's this new life, there's this new delight and new intimacy in our approach to God in prayer. And the more we realize who our Lord Jesus is, what he has accomplished for us through his blood, and how he acts as our mediator, as our advocate with the Father, as our intercessor, as our great high priest, the more our prayers are infused with a renewed energy, the more we realize who the Holy Spirit is and how he indwells us, how he fills us, how he convicts us, how he aids us in our prayer, how he helps us in our weaknesses, and how he groans in us in our prayers. The more we find that our prayers are are carried along by his divine power. How much do we realize that the triune God is engaged in our praying? We know we address God as our Father. We we know we we have to come in Jesus' name. And sometimes we think about the Spirit uh, helping us in prayer. But are these truths too far back in our minds when they should be in the forefront of our minds? As the familiarity of saying father and in Jesus name become vain repetitions to us what do we need we need a fresh realization of the triune God to whom we pray so I encourage all of us to make this a matter of prayer even during this hour that God would open the eyes of our hearts to the reality of our relationship with this triune God our God and I encourage us to ask God for this, even in our own personal prayer times um, beyond in this week ahead, and specifically to meditate on key passages of how the Trinity is involved in our prayers, like passages from the Sermon on the Mount, which address Jesus' teachings so clearly about God as our Father. Passages like in Hebrews that speak of Christ as our intercessor and great high priest, and and then thinking of Romans 8 and the nature of the Spirit helping us in our prayers, realizing the truths in these pa passages will bring a new vitality to our prayers. And last of all, I want to focus our remaining minutes on just considering God as our Father and, and share with you some compiled quotations from preachers and writers of the past like Lloyd-Jones and Spurgeon and other Puritans. Martin Lloyd-Jones writes, 
Oh, that we realize this. If only we realize that this almighty God is our father through our Lord Jesus Christ. If only we realize that we are indeed his children. And whenever we pray, it is like a child going to its father. He knows all about us. He knows our every need before we tell him. As a father cares for the child and looks at the child and is concerned about the child and anticipates the needs of the child, so is God with respect to all those who are in Christ Jesus. He desires to bless us very much more than we desire to be blessed. Let us be swallowed up in the admiration of such exceeding great benevolence and love of God, our Heavenly Father. Only realize this fact that God is your Father. Believe that all he does is for the best, that your highest interests are all in his hands and in his hands are always so secure. Lock your hand in his as your little one links its hand with yours, willing to be led, unquestioning, confiding, meekly, just where your father leads. What manner of love is this that we should now be called the children of God, that we poor creatures, whenever we have but a heart to step aside and give God a visit in any corner of our house, we should find the arms of so great a majesty open to embrace us. This is so stupendous that we may better admire than express it. Oh, thank our good friend and brother, the Lord Jesus Christ for this. It is he that brings us into the presence of God and sets us before his face. How tender and touching were Jesus' words. I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. John 20, verse 17. Approach God as your father. Abba, father. How tender the relation, how intense the affection. What power. It imparts to prayer. Galatians 4, 6 says, And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. We are his own children. Oh, I have found it such a blessed thing in my own experience to plead before God that I am his child. When we are lowest, we can still say, Our Father. And when it is very dark and we are very weak, our childlike appeal can go up. Father, help me. Father, rescue me. As a loving and caring father will take his little child in his arms and carry him on his way homeward when his strength begins to fail and he can walk no further. So does God. As Moses reminded Israel in Deuteronomy 1, 31, you have seen how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son all the way that you went until you came to this place. Let the wonderful revelation of a father's tenderness free all young Christians from every thought of secret prayer as a duty or a burden and lead them to regard it as the highest privilege of their life, a joy and a blessing. Exercise your thoughts upon this very thing the eternal, free, and fruitful love of the Father, and see if your hearts be not moved to delight in him. Sit down a little at the fountain, and you will quickly have a further discovery 
of the sweetness of the streams. As a final note before we pray, I urge us all again to pray for personal revival today in, in our hearts, asking the Father to bring us into a greater realization of who he is, uh, but also to move beyond a, a narrow, just a narrow prayer about ourselves, but to lift our eyes to see the church and pray for the church of great Jesus Christ who desperately needs to see this triune God that is our God. And then beyond the church to this dark world around us who need to see our shining lights and give glory to our Father in heaven. Our Father who is seeking worshipers who will give him the honor he is worthy of. Amen.